Well, hello, ladies and gents. Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have special guest Sean McCormick on the line, and he is a biohacker. He is a biohacker of a different color. We talk all about different types of biohacking. We talk about the the float tanks, the uh, the zero buoyancy, or the whatever they're called, the the float tanks that make you make you just tap into everything that life has to offer. Um, the deprivation tank, that's the word I was looking for. We talk about that. We talk about red light sauna therapy. We talk about different nootropics, brain drugs, things that make you tick at a, at a higher, more efficient rate. And we dive deep into psychedelics, a topic I know nothing about. Um, but I'm an open-minded guy, and I feel like I learned quite a bit. So if you have any interest in psychedelics and all that that has to offer, definitely stay tuned for this one because we dive deep into the subject matter. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the awesome conversation with Sean. And Sean, we are live. How are you, man? Good, very good. Pleasure to pleasure to connect yeah, on the internet. For sure, man, for sure. So, wh- where are you located? I am just west of Seattle out in the islands. Um, uh, on Woodby Island. Woodby Island. It's probably a good time to be on an island right now. All the fires going on. It's a good. It's a good idea to be on the island for lots of reasons. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, it is it is a little smoky at my house, even with um, the distance from uh, from like the location of the fires. It's still smoky out here, but it's 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 better than it is uh, downtown for sure. Yeah, I can only imagine. Well, I kind of want to dive into to your story, man. I mean, you're you're pretty prominent in the biohacking space, so I kind of want to just dive into what brought you there, like what made you take that life path in the first place, and so just kind of roll up your sleeves and give us some backstory, man. Yeah, happy to. So I uh, I started a flotation therapy center in 2012, which mm-hmm. was the first float center uh, in the city of Seattle since like 1984, and. Um, you know, as I was getting into, so that's a whole other backstory. Why the hell I got into float therapy, why that was the decision for me to change, leave my life as a, as a six figure sales guy to go open an obscure service business. But, you know, in the, in the course of, um, of that time of making that transition out of a, you know, sort of nine to five desk jockey sort of life, mm-hmm. Uh, I began to explore lots of different, you know, um, human performance modalities, you know, flotation therapy and cryotherapy and fasting. And that was around the same time that like on it really started to take off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was a big, uh, still am big Joe Rogan listener and, um, you know, experimented with nootropics and, uh, we carried on it products at the float center and uh, I was working with and, and helping, you know, some professional athletes in Seattle, some Seahawks guys um, get into their recovery, you know, like expedited recovery that they weren't, they weren't able to get um, normally. So mm-hmm. through that time of being interested in human performance, experimenting with, you know, lots of different nootropics, um, the racetams and modafinils and provigils and, you know, things to increase my brain capacity also having a meditation background, I just like kept building and building and building. And then, um, I met the guys from natural stacks and the guys at natural stacks make just in, in, in my estimation, in my experience, just the, the highest quality vitamins and nootropics on the planet, like really dope stuff. And, and through that, I, I was listening to the optimal performance podcast when it was previously hosted by another guy named Ryan Muncie, 
And then uh, when he took off at episode 153, they asked me if I wanted to take it over. And I like jumped at the chance and dove deeper and read all the stuff and, you know, followed the rise of Dave Asprey. Um, you know, my, my interest in biohacking is more on, you know, physical performance, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the aspects of biohacking that get into like, uh, you know, transhumanism and subdermal inserts and, you know, robotic shit in your body. I'm not as interested in that stuff. I, I, I want to be bigger, faster, stronger, smarter for longer, um, with the minimum amount of work possible. So that, that's have been my focus now for the past, like I mean, seven years or so, and I've, and I've experimented with a thousand different things, and then um, just it, it's such a vast arena. There's so many different variables. There's so many different things you can do to optimize your sleep and your gut health and your, you know, like I'm looking at all the stuff that I have here in my office and blue blocking glass, blue blocking glasses and glucometers. You know, wearable continuous glucose monitors. I even have like a, I even actually have a. a a penis performance device, which is not the right way to call it, but I get sent all sorts of cool stuff in the mail to, t- <laughs> to tinker around with. And, uh, and so I just like lean in, man. I just, I'm, I'm really excited about this stuff. It's fascinating to me. And, and my, my life has been just improved immensely through experimenting with different dietary approaches and performance approaches that, uh, it's like, it just doesn't end. So I just, I just keep rocking it. That's, that's kind of, the, that's kind of the origin. No, I, I love it, man. I feel like it's 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 so cool when you start really digging deep because the human body is capable of so much more than we give it credit for. And as far as like the whole biohacking scene is concerned, there seems to be like this spectrum. I'd be curious to get your take on this, but there's like this spectrum in which some people just go hardcore. The more additives, the more things that I can do, the better. And other people are like, I want to biohack as much as I can feasibly do while still staying within this natural realm of what would be realistic and sustainable in a day-to-day function. So it's like you've got kind of two different worlds to play with there. It's, it's true. And it's, and, and I think it even goes really even deeper than that. You know, um, if, if taking, um, uh, you know, 24,000 milligrams of vitamin C is going to do something for you and it's, you know, organic ascorbic acid, and it's going to give you a detox that's, that's, incredible like yeah cool i'm with that um if if you're going to you know fast for autophagy or or design your nutrition design your dietary approach for performance to be the best you can be like yeah i'm into that stuff Mm -hmm. um i'm not i'm not as interested and i've gone away much further away from the the sort of synthesized nootropics you know that, that I've mentioned previously, because I do want to be as clean. I want to run clean and, 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 um, not so that I can wear a badge that says, you know, I'm hundred percent natural. Cause that's, it's not, uh, it's not like, um, a badge of honor for me. It's, it's like, I just want my body. I know what my body wants and I've become over time, just like I'm sure you are, you, you've become this like this canary in the coal mine where you know, like, oh man, I ate this thing and now I feel like shit or, you know, I stayed up this too long and, and, and now my sleep wasn't effective and now I'm lousy today and my performance suffers. But even beyond, you know, the, the consumables, you know, that when it comes to exposing yourself, uh, you're the external environment is another variable when you're considering biohacking. So, you know, reducing EMF inside your house 
is something that a lot of people kind of don't really think about, don't really care about. Like they know what 5G is, means that they can, you know, download movies faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't understand where where 5G goes and what the point is and and just how how radiating they they are how 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 detrimental that can be to their physical body. So so my approach, this stuff that I gravitate towards is less is more, um, fine tune and track when you can, as long as you don't obsess over the numbers. And if you are tracking and now that's micros, macros, that's, um, you know, heart rate variability, wearables, like do that stuff, but only if it's going to actually change your, your behavior. You know, I think a lot of people want shortcuts and even then, you know, the term biohacking sort of implies this shortcut sort of cheaper, you know, um, more, uh, 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 more like just kind of cheap, like cheating a little bit and, and, and a natural cheat, um, to me is, you know, not eating before, you know, one o'clock that to me, like that's, that's more effective than understanding how many steps I took in the day. So, yeah, I think you're right. There's a, there's definitely a spectrum of, of how people, uh, approach their, their performance in, in, in the biohacking realm is just, it's grown and exploded over the last decade. So it's interesting to see like how people kind of find their niche. Yeah. hundred percent, man. So, so you got started initially with these, uh, you know, sensory deprivation tanks. And I'm, I've taken a keen interest in those. I've never done one yet, but I've, I've been wanting to, and I found a location not far from me that offers it. So like, what, what got you into that, man? Like that's, that's a very hot thing right now. I feel like there's sensory deprivation tanks popping up all over the place. And Rogan talks about them all the time. And I, I, I want to jump in one, but what, what, what got you excited about that? Yeah. So I, um, I've, I've meditated since I was a kid. My folks taught me transcendental meditation or TM as it's called, uh, when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And that's just cause I couldn't sit still. Uh, I couldn't, uh, couldn't sit still for a moment. Like I, I probably had ADHD. I probably would have qualified for it. Um, my folks got me tested and they didn't, you know, decided not to put me on, on medications and stuff. But, um, me having this reference point for meditation, having understood, you know, through my teenage years and into college, uh, that there is a massive benefit from the inside spiritual benefit, a, a, uh, calming benefit, a focus benefit, just this, it's this meta meta practice that helps everything, you know, much like sleep and exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this reference point for, you know, chilling out's good, you know, relaxing is good. Focusing on your breath is good. These are all things that we should be doing. And, um, during, you know, after, after my, you know, college years and into my, into my, you know, sort of mid twenties, um, I, I sort of really focused in on my meditation practice just to, to kind of counteract the, you know, nine to five career guy that I had become. And, and, and it kept coming up in reference to meditation was, um, that, um, sensory deprivation tanks provide you with a similar effect that mindfulness meditation does. And so, um, I was just super curious about it. And I like weird shit. I mean, I like psychedelics. I like, um, I like meditation. I like, you know, <laughs> out of body experiences and aliens. And so like to think that, um, jumping in a float tank is, is a, is a way to unlock a sort of a hidden, hidden part of me or to, to amplify my consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that I was totally into. And I found a guy on Craigslist that, uh, that had a float tank at his house. 
and uh, I went during a work day one day and at my lunch break and uh, and floated at this dude's house and had this um, life-changing experience like the first time it really it really it really did change my life it affected me in a really deep way and then from then I just sort of forgot about it, it kind of took me a long time to process what had happened um, the experience that I had and then as I was you know, thinking about how I wanted to live my life with uh, with the help of my then girlfriend now wife you know, what do we want to do? Do we want to start businesses? I'd never started a business. I'd never taken a business course, had zero experience in, in business or marketing or anything like that. Um, but this one, this, I couldn't leave this alone. I was just fascinated by it. And when, when I started down the process of, of researching how, what it would take to open a float center, you know, I started to do some an- Google analytics for, are people searching for this online? Is it, is it, do people need it? Do people want it? Is there a market for it? And in Seattle, where there's 4 million people, for sure, for sure people wanted it. And so, you know, I followed the breadcrumbs. I did my homework. I saved my money and bootstrapped this business that kind of aligned the things that I found most important, which was, you know, deep experiences, consciousness, um, um, recovery, you know, depth of awareness of the self, and then just like took a calculated roll of the dice and, um, and opened, opened in 2012. And, and since then, when we opened in 2012 at Float Seattle, there were 30 locations in the country and now there's over 800. So wow. you're right. It's exploding. And there's the Joe Rogan effect is a big part of that, but there's also increasing amount of evidence and scientific research that supports this, this, the effect, what actually happens in the float tank, what your brain does, what your body does, what happens. And, and that, uh, that increase in data that's coming out of there is really helping, um, propel the industry. Cause there's nothing like it. I mean, there's just nothing like it in the whole world. Cause you're basically, you're basically floating completely in darkness, total lack of all senses. Is it like a magnesium mixture that you're floating in or what is the actual solution? Yeah, it's magnesium sulfate, um, which is a hexagonal cell uh, structure and magnesium sulfate is not uh, digestible. I mean, you, you can do it if, if you need to uh, actually, it is digestible, but you do not want to eat it unless you want to shit your pants. Uh, it's used as a diuretic for, um, um, for specific uses, but it is a, it's a unique magnesium that, uh, that provides the buoyancy. Mm. So there's a thousand pounds of Epsom salt. Um, you know, your mom, my mom, our grandmothers would like pour a little, you know, handful of Epsom salt in their bath at night. And at least my, mm-hmm. my folks, um, you know, you soak your feet after training, you know, um, to reduce swelling. And this is that times a thousand. So there's a thousand pounds of Epsom salt and 10 inches of water. And then it's in the dark. And all you do is just go in and lay down in it. You float to the top of the water with your chin and your face up above the water with your ears below the water. And it's saltier than the dead sea. It's saltier than the great salt lake. And so it provides that buoyancy. And then your body absorbs that magnesium through your skin. And, what that does is it lubricates uh, the synovial fluid in your joints. So it, you know, decreases Jimmy leg and arthritis and inflammation helps you relax, increases uh, circulation and also um, um, helps relax your muscles. And then, so like the chemical explanation of what happens is, is that, but then there's, there's this other, there's a whole bunch of other things that are happening to your central nervous system and your default mode network just in 60 minutes. Um, of, of a float, but yeah, it's really simple. It's just a big, 
big tank or a pod full of water. Usually there's lights on. You can listen to music if you want to. Um, but my preferred method is just to go into in the dark and, um, and, you know, I've got lots of different like ways that I float things that I do, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it is, there's nothing like it for the body and the brain. It's, there's, it's, uh, totally unique. If you, you should go do it and you should go do it after you work out the, the, the best time. So here's what I would suggest. I would go three times in a week. Mm-hmm. And be- before I would do the first one, I would do in like mid morning after a really hard workout. Um, and then the next one I would go in the evening time, um, you know, work out earlier in the day. And then the third time, just whichever you liked more the, the, the morning or the afternoon and, um, just feel how your body feels. Just notice how good your skin feels and how, um, how good your back feels, uh, how well, um, how will you sleep that night? Like there, you should, you should absolutely go do it. You should go do it right away. Go quick now. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely intrigued by it, man. Like do they make these things for like personal use? Can you just go buy a, a deprivation tank and stick it in your living room? Yeah. The Shane, uh, what's Shane's last name? Um, Zen float tents are, um, personal units, uh, res, uh, direct to consumer units. And they're good. They're really, they're, they're quality. It's like a, it's like a little mini tent with a, like a sort of a, uh, like a TP sort of structure above that allows for like condensation to not drip onto you. Mm. They're good. They're really good. It's they're they're simple design. They're fairly easy to maintain and, um, uh, they, they do the trick. So they're, they're, they're out there. Um, but there are a fair amount of, you know, fair amount of work to upkeep and, you know, salt water kind of gets on everything, but, uh, but well, yeah, they're, they're, they're available. If you had to pick either a sensory deprivation tank or a red light sauna to only use the rest of your life, which would you pick? Oh man, that's really tricky for me because I have a, <laughs> I have a red light sauna. Uh, well, I have an, I have an infrared sauna. I don't have... I, I, I don't have the red light in the sauna. Um, infrared sauna, basically the same same concept. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can get the you can get the infrared sauna with um, the with the red light panels. You know, right, like a right. light. So I don't have that. But man, it's tricky because for a moment there, you know, I mean, I've 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 floated over seven hundred times, and uh, but I haven't floated as regularly since, since I've moved. But I'm in that sauna in my garage man, five days a week because the longevity benefits, the studies and just how good it makes my body and skin feel. Um, man, rest of my life, get to pick, have to pick one. Cause I'm, I have this dilemma going on in my head right now. Cause I want to invest in one. I don't know which of the two I would want to get. <laughs> oh man. What well, kind of depends on what you're after? I mean, um, uh, let me flip around the question. Let me avoid this answer. Uh, so I can ask you the question, you know, are you trying to, are you trying to like open up detox pathways? Are you trying to recover? Are you trying to live longer or have less stress? Like, what are you, what, what are your, what are your sort of goals? I feel like I'm getting a lot of those, you know, autophagy, cell turnover, you know, benefits, detox benefits from just the the inherent intermittent fasting I do on a day-to-day basis. So I think the psychological benefits of the, of the deprivation tank would do me the best benefit, but I may be totally wrong there. No, you're right. Follow your gut. Yeah. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're intermittent fasting and eating clean and you're, you know, your millimolars are <laughs> right where you want them and, uh, you've got that sort of nailed, 
Um, you can take an activated charcoal and, you know, like you're, you're, you're good, you know, physiologically, mm-hmm. the, the, the life improvement benefits are much more vast, like experientially your having a float tank is going to be much more effective. You're going to, you're going to feel calmer. You're going to be thinking deeper. You're going to be recovering better. So I think for, for you, based on what you said, I think a float tank would be better because, um, it, it just changes you, you know, it, it opens up a door to yourself that, that doesn't, that didn't exist before. And, and having, um, having something that is that reliable to help you reduce your stress is, a, I mean, it's a game changer. That's the, that's, that's the, uh, that's the big, that's the big thing that, that most of us are not awesome at, mm-hmm. you know, stress management. And so, yeah, having a float tank in your garage and getting in that thing every day or every other day, I think would, would, would probably probably be better for you. Yeah. That, that makes sense for sure. There's a lot of, a lot of different substances, you know, whether that's, you know, chemicals or nootropics or supplements or whatever that, that people take. And there's like not a inherent, I mean, maybe there's a slight benefit, but it's like so minute that most people can't even pick up on it because one, they're not self-aware enough to know what the change is or two, they just, it's just so minute that they, it would be hard pressed for anybody to tell a difference. Whereas some of the things like the sauna and like the, the float tanks, I would imagine in, you know, just there's certain things that like you can tell a profound difference, you know, almost immediately. So like for you having done all these different biohacking things, what are some of the, the things that you've practiced, done or tried that like actually had like a aha, this was totally worth it. It's made a profound impact on my life. And I definitely see the value right off the bat. Well, I mean, above and beyond the things that we've already talked about, like the you know infrared saunas are killer. I mean, I... The benefits are amazing. The, the, the studies on longevity, uh, are really strong. You know, the Nordics really kind of figure this thing out. Like you do this thing three or four times a week, 25 to 45 minutes, uh, and you sweat your ass off that frequently, you're going to live way longer and be way healthier and be happier. So mm-hmm. like the, the, the evidence is there, you know, of the other list of sort of services and practices that, that I, that I think fall into the category of biohacking, like, you know, Wim Hof breath, uh, breath work, um, you know, um, cryotherapy, um, you know, inversion tables, you know, those sorts of things. Um, the things that I, that I like that are, they're immediately noticeable, like cryo cryo is cool. I like cryo a lot and cryo, I mean, thermogenesis is a big deal. So if you don't have a cold plunge or, or don't, you've never tried it before. If you've never, never single, you've never taken a single gold shower, start there, right? Like begin by, you know, turning the, having a normal lukewarm shower. And then at the very end, turn it really cold and Mm -hmm. breathe deeply so that you're not, you know, turning on excitation in your body. So your central nervous system isn't going into that, you know, thing. So, you know, there's a, there's a proper way to do that. So, you know, that, that's really effective. Um, and for people who just can't seem to do that, even just like icing your face, putting your face in, in the cold water, um, that is certainly relaxing, makes your tones up your skin and your face and feels good. Um, cryo is you know, fairly inaccessible and there's not that many centers around. Um, but breath is always there and meditation is always there. You know, 
you will always be able to change your state uh, through your breath. So, you know, whether that's a four, seven, eight breath or Wim Hof breath work or holotropic breath work, um, experimenting with that certainly has the, you don't need any tech. There's no equipment, just being able to focus your breath and, and really use your breath to change your state. Like if you need to calm down, use your breath. If you need to, you know, um, get up for something, you know, get, get excited and get pumped up, you can use your breath. So, you know, it's, it's a sort of a namby pamby answer, but meditation really, I think is the most effective biohacking, um, uh, technique, I mm -hmm. think for, for generating the sort of state that you want and having management over your thoughts and emotions. Cause that is now becoming a superpower. If you can, if you can become un unfuck withable, um, just by using your breath and people can't get to you. Um, you, you, you can't get rattled because you're, you, you have a lot of time in meditation and you're not just getting batted around by the waves Meditation, I think, is number one. You know, breath is tightly correlated to, to meditation. They're kind of one and the same. But then, you know, everybody's got running water. So, like, cold showers are really accessible. Do those. And then, you know, if you're looking to get – take it, you know, some steps further. You know, there's some other things, too, that, that I do that I do with my coaching clients that are um, – that fall into the category of um, energy psychology, and these are things like, are you familiar with tapping or EFT? Uh, vaguely. I don't know much about it, you know, personally. Yeah. So EFT is a way to sort of process trauma and to change your state and to heal yourself. And, and basically what you do is you tap on these different points in your body, uh, your collarbone, your, your, your orbital bone, your third eye, your, your, you know, you, you tap on these different points and you say these different things and the, the, the benefit of, of EFT emotional freedom technique or, or tapping is what it's called <clears throat> that, that, that sort of technique along with, um, um, you know, self hypnosis and these other sorts of, of uh, language based, um, reprogramming techniques, affirmations, mantras, these things that can, they can, can affect your state of consciousness just by the words that you're telling yourself, whether you're saying them aloud or, 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 or just thinking them like those can be immensely beneficial too, but you know, the, you know, hitting the bases, you know, thermogenesis and breath and meditation, I think, um, are, are really good place to start. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I've taken a keen interest in like breath work lately. I've, I've been doing pretty much strictly nasal breathing throughout everything. Like I don't, I don't, I try to keep my mouth shut at all times, even while training intensely. I've been doing the mouth taping. So mm. nasal breathing for pretty much, you know, all 24 hours of the day has been good, been good wow. for me. When do you do, do you do mouth taping uh, at night or do you do it during the day too? My wife would probably like it if I did it during the day, but no, it's just <laughs> at night. <laughs> just at night. Um, I talk, I don't really talk that much during the day, but yeah, I just, uh, I just am conscious of the fact that my mouth should be closed throughout the day. And it's, it's been hard with training because I've only recently been doing this, but you know, being like bodybuilding, like doing, you know, very heavy loaded workouts and not opening your mouth is actually pretty challenging. But if you're conscious of it and you just take deeper breaths and I've been running, I run every day. So I've been, you know, nasal breathing while running and that's pretty challenging too. But I feel like my endurance has just definitely seen an improvement. 
That's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's that's not an easy thing to do. I, I went on a hike yesterday with my family, and uh, there was like a you know four hundred foot elevation, which is not not that big of a difference. You know, it's not crazy a change in elevation, but it's 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 up there. Mm-hmm. And I was I was focusing on mouth breathing or on <laughs> focusing on mouth breathing. <laughs> I was focusing on nasal nasal breathing, mm-hmm. and uh, I am not. I am you know my vagal nerve is not tuned up the way it should be it's something that I do, but I'm not really diligent about. And it was hard for me. I mean, it was hard because my kids wanted to talk and, you know, during the hike and stuff like that. So I have to kind of, I have to, <laughs> I don't want to ignore my kids. So I'm talking to them and my mouth is open, but that is a, that is a huge, a huge skill to have. And I, yeah, everything I've heard about people who are really taking really seriously is that it's just like endurance, vascularity, you know, the ability to do longer periods of exercise and work is huge. You know, it's funny. Um, if you, if you look back toward the, um, uh, Weston a price foundation, mm-hmm. uh, when you look at what, uh, keeping your mouth open, uh, being a mouth breather as a kid and how bad that screws you over, you know, using a binky, um, for your kids, um, in their younger years can really screw with their mouth shape and their skull shape and their, you know, later breathing in, in later in life. And the, that, that idea of mewing, which is to keep your mouth shut and pressing your tongue up against the roof of your mouth and breathing through your nose. Uh, if you, it's something that I harp on my kids on all the time, because, um, when you, when you keep your mouth open and you're slack jawed, um, you know, my grandma always said, you know, if she caught me with my mouth hanging open, she said, Hey, close your mouth. You're catching flies. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, funny so. because it, I mean, it has like a profound impact, man. Like I've only been doing it for like a week now consistently. And I've already been able to tell like a, an actual tangible benefit from it. And that's like, if I can just continue to do that for the rest of my life, that compounded over time, it's like, that gets me excited. Yeah. And it's, it's free, right? It's yeah. like, you don't, have, you don't have to buy new equipment. Just shut your damn mouth, man. <laughs> exactly. I, uh, there, I did an episode with um, uh, PJ, uh, PJ Nestler mm-hmm. uh, from XPT Life, who um, uh, he works with uh, Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese, and they do like deep water, like in the pool training, you know, grabbing mm-hmm. dumbbells and jumping into <clears throat> jumping into the deep end. Um, really good episode with with him, and he just talks about like how critical it is for elite performers to do this because it really does, it really does make a huge difference in your, in your, you know, in your VO2 max and your resting heart rate. And yeah, that's, well, this has been a great reminder because now I'm going to, as I take a big deep breath, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on that for the rest of the day today and through the week and see how, see how, how much of a little bitch I am when it comes to breathing. Yeah, man, just tape tape that mouth shut and you'll, you'll be constantly reminded of it for sure. <laughs> right. What, what about uh, like, like supplements from like a nootropic standpoint, from a, a brain boosting standpoint. I feel like nootropics have gotten a lot of hype lately. And I feel like, like some, I can't tell a difference at all. And some, I can actually tell a difference. Like L-theanine, I, I used to take in way too much caffeine. And I noticed that if I, if I pair that with L-theanine, I don't get near the crash. But I'm not necessarily seeing or experiencing like a tangible benefit to my sharpness from the L-theanine. But like, are there particular nootropics that you've experimented with and found to be valuable? My favorite, my favorite nootropic of all time is a product called NeuroFuel uh, from Natural Stacks. It is, um, it's, I think it's four or five ingredients. It's like artichoke extract, uh, alpha GPC, a couple of other things. Um, 
Foreolus, 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 Forscoli, just a bunch of roots and tuber, just like, you know, just fucking shit they put in there. It's mm-hmm. that it's, it's all open source. So natural sacks as a company makes all open source, all ingredient traceability, and they test every single batch. So those three things, n- almost nobody does. You can go spend an, you can spend a whole day in GNC and look at, look at products and you will, you will likely find one or two, maybe three companies on the planet that actually do those three things. And Neurofuel is for me, the most effective nootropic I've ever taken, like 30 minutes or so after you take it, you notice that like you want to get to work. You have this drive to like get shit done. Um, it lasts pretty much all day. You take it in the morning when you're fasted and, um, and it works really noticeably for just about everybody that I've suggested take it. It works for, you know, not the whole day. I mean, you're not, you're not super focused and whacked out, um, you know, working on projects till seven o'clock at night, but it'll work two thirds of the day and you your ability to call on your vocabulary to use larger words that usually would take you a second to think about Mm -hmm. that's a noticeable change. And of course for a podcaster, that's a, that's a big deal for me. Yeah. Yeah. The recall is better. Your speed of cognition is better. You get things quicker um, and you're more direct. Uh, For me, it is my most favorite of all time. And I've, I mean, I've tried, so many different, I mean, probably 60 or 70 different either blends or, or compounds or theanine or, you know, qualia I've tried them all and neurofuel is, is by far my favorite. Um, but they, the, the guys at natural stacks also make these brain fuels and they make, I don't know how much you know about neurotransmitters, but there are basically four sort of predominant neurotransmitters, uh, GABA, acetylcholine, serotonin, and dopamine. Mm -hmm. And each four of those neurotransmitters do different things for you. So dopamine is like, get up and go, like have some motivation, get going, bucko, do your thing. Um, Serotonin is like the feel good, every, you know, everything's going to be okay. Um, Sort of, sort of happy neurotransmitter. GABA is your like brakes on your car for your brain. So GABA is expressed when you're drinking alcohol. So it's like, um, uh, your, your ability to not be self-conscious is because of the GABA and that's, that happens um, when you drink alcohol. So this like, eh, sort of lowered inhibitions, it's all good. Like, um, I'm not perseverating on my bills or the things I have to do today. Mm-hmm. I can like stop myself. And then acetylcholine is, um, is, is speed of cognition. So attention to detail, memory, focus. So they make these, uh, these blends that uh, increase your brain's ability to make these neurotransmitters. So you can take them sort of on a case by case basis. So, you know, sometimes I'll take some dopamine before a hike or before a workout or before, you know, I'm going to be out doing stuff all day. Um, and then sometimes I'll take some serotonin in the evening time. If I've been really kind of stressed out, you know, if I have some studying to do, or if I'm doing research, I'll take some acetylcholine and then, um, um, GABA, it's not really something that I really need to screw with. Cause I'm, I'm pretty good at shutting my brain off, but you can actually go and see which neurotransmitters you are dominant or deficient in. If you go take what's called the Braverman test. Um, it's a, it's a really long questionnaire that determines, helps you determine which neurotransmitters you're, you're dominant in and deficient. in. and it's really fascinating because, you know, if you're, if you are dopamine dominant, 
which I am, you know, get up and go. If I, if I am low and if I'm not creating my own dopamine, I don't really feel like myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And so by taking some dopamine, I can actually feel more, more like myself and enhance my performance. And, and the opposite is true. Like if I am on my dopamine, that might mean that like later in the day, it's, I'm having a harder time slowing down and getting ready for sleep. So I might take some GABA at like five or six o'clock at night to begin to wind my brain down and wind my body down to get ready for my, my, my evening routine. So, and yeah. What I is mean, the name of this yeah. test again? The, the Braverman test, the Braverman test. Is it just like Braverman.com or something? I think if you just search for a Braverman test, there there's like two main ones you can take. One of them's like the short form test, and another one's like I mean it'll t- it may take you like 25, 35 minutes to to actually complete it. But it's like questions like, in general, I think of myself as mostly, you know, motivated, true or false, you know. So it's a whole bunch of whole like it's a self referential questionnaire, but it does tell you it's it's really really crazy accurate. And I've done that with some of my coaching clients when they are, you know, having gaps in their performance, they're either stressing out or not, you know, the opposite. They're not, you know, they don't have enough motivation and I can help determine and make some suggestions on, on nootropics for them based on, based on that test. You should check it out. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll dive into this for sure. What about the, um, this, uh, I feel like psychedelics are like this, this weird stepchild with regard to nootropics. Like some people talk about them, some people don't. It's like this taboo thing and, but, but it's probably got some of the most profound benefits if done properly for the individual that needs it. So you've mentioned that you've, you're into this. So like dive into this, man. Like what, what have you noticed? What have you found out? Like who is this for? Who is it not for? Just kind of run with that topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, talk about aliens, it, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. You're, you're, we're, okay. Thanks. Whatever, how, how far are we in? We're, or just make a note at 40 minutes, things get weird. Uh, <laughs> But I love this is I'm an open book and I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, uh, there, there, there are, um, there are so many lessons to be learned by exploring your own consciousness. You know, there's there's just things that we don't um, we don't think about. We're not aware of about ourselves, and and I think it's really important to understand who we are. So you know, the sort of stoic. Uh, saying of, you know, know thyself. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's a simple phrase, but it it's, it's, it's incredibly important because if you know yourself, you know how you are day to day, minute to minute, you know, what's important to you. You know what you must do. You are going to affect others in your, um, in your communities at a deeper level. Totally agree right? The most Robert you can be, everybody around you is going to be better off. Like the most deepest, most authentic version of yourself that you can be, Robert, will affect everybody positively. You know, there's another Ram Dass quote that I really like, which is, um, uh, the greatest gift I can give to you is to work on myself. And the greatest gift that you can give to me is to work on yourself. So that, end quote, and so in that way, what are these ways that we can get to learn ourselves? Well, you tape your mouth shut. You know what you're made of, like cardiovascularly, you know, go in a float tank and see where your brain goes. You know, um, does it go back in time? Does it go forward in time? Do you just zone out and just like, you know, recite, you know, Cardi B songs, you know, over and over? <laughs> Hopefully not. I hope not. <laughs> 
but that knowledge of the self is really essential to me. Um, and it's something that, that I've been interested in for a long, long time. And, and in, in my experience, psychedelics are, are a, are a trajectory or a path to knowing yourself at a very deep level um, in a short amount of time. You can't hide from yourself when you have eaten five grams of psilocybin mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't, you can't squirm away. You have to face yourself. You have to face your bumps and bruises and darkness and shadows, the lies you tell yourself and the lies that you're living out. You may have to face some trauma that you've experienced in your, you know, earlier in your life. Y- you, you are given an opportunity through working with these substances to know yourself at a deeper level. And then you get to decide what you do that with that information. You know, you sweep it under the rug. Do you go see a therapist? Do you hire a coach to help you, you know, track where you want to go in your life? There's, there's, there's so much to be gained from these experiences and each of them are very different. So smoking DMT is a lot different than, um, you know, a 15 minute trip is, you know, DMT is 15 minutes, um, you know, a rocket ship into another dimension. And then you're back again, uh, trying to remember what you just saw with no hangover and no like brain fog afterward, that's a lot different than sitting and drinking ayahuasca and spending eight hours, you know, vomiting in a yurt and, you know, being torn apart by pumas, you know, like in a jungle scene, um, inside your mind. Um, and, you know, microdosing, um, golden teachers to, treat anxiety or depression or to help you focus and kind of um, make better decisions for yourself, that's a lot different. So there's these different applications to help you um, uncover the layers of the onion that you are hiding underneath because culture and because, um, you know, what your mama told you growing up and what your, you know, freshman football coach said to you once that's just like still fucking echoing in your brain like you know being told you're too fucking slow mccormick Mm -hmm. like at 15 it it bugged me and and like i i went on to go play you know college sports but like i had a bone to pick with that one comment at 15 and you know how many of those comments are still resonating from us for, for each of us from things that we don't even realize are bugging us that really kind of shape the way that we see ourselves and, and working with psychedelics in a meaningful way, not just like in your buddy's basement um, at a house party, you know, but like using these, these compounds to explore yourself and to make yourself better so that you can be better for humanity is I think really, really important. And for many, many people, totally inaccessible, like, you know, scary because of legality or scary because what your friends are going to say or scary because they're scary. And um, I just happen to have the luxury, I guess, uh, privilege. I don't, I don't know if it's a luxury or a privilege because I've, I've, I've opted into this, but you know, I've been interested in this stuff since, since like the year 2000 in college mm-hmm. and, and I've experimented and uncorked these different pathways and been really diligent about it and stuck with it. And it's made my life like heaven on earth. You know, I'm, I'm a really happy person and I get to make money doing things I love to do because I kind of know myself and I know what I want and I know what my goals are. And I know, uh, I know how, I know what's important to me 
And so, you know, there's a reason why they're really popular. And, you know, the, the work of MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, you know, they're in phase three trials for MDMA-assisted psychotherapy. Um, you know, Molly, take Molly and talk to a shrink. Like, that will change your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it will change your life. It, 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 it does. And so what I think is in the next, hopefully, five years, not 10 years, you know, they're, they're legal in Oregon. Um, um, psilocybin mushrooms are. They are I legal think. in Oregon? I believe that they are. They're either, it may be even within the, the municipality, municip, um, what's the, Multnomah is the county that Portland's in. Maybe it's just Multnomah, but uh, I'm pretty sure that they're legal now in Portland. Um, and maybe even in Colorado or, or, I mean, you know, there's the cannabis states that, that are early adopters because, because people are, um, prog- really progressive there when it comes to this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the drug war didn't work. So let's rethink this, everybody. Um, I think in five years, they're going to be much more accessible and they're going to be used and they're going to, and clearly they're more beneficial than alcohol and cigarettes. And, um, so I think that, that, that it's the type of thing that's worth advocating for and worth talking about. And, you know, you, you even asking that question, like why, why psychedelics, Sean is, is an important, is important, I think, because it begins the conversation and and adds perspective, you know, there's going to be, you know, thousands of people that have, that have not heard this opinion yet. And so I, I encourage people to do research and be curious and obviously disclaimer, um, only consume um, psychedelic substances um, where they are legal. Uh, period. <laughs> yeah. So on that, like I've I've never had a, a psychedelic trip by any means, but I consider myself pretty open minded, and I fully accept the fact that we do not know everything. And there, I have no doubt that there is definitely a a demographic that can benefit tremendously from this. My thing is, or my question is, I guess, is is there any downside to short-circuiting that system, so to speak, and cutting corners? I don't know if it's cutting corners or, or hacking, I guess, but I think we're all within the realms of biohacking here, so this is a fair conversation. But, like, me personally, I'm very drawn to, like, doing hard things. I'm drawn to things that most people take no interest in because it'll be years before they see the fruits of their labor. So, like, I hear psychedelics as a way to you know, short circuit your system, truly figure out who you are and, you know, be honest with yourself. And I feel like having utmost sense of self-awareness is so totally key. But my question would be, is there any downfall to rewiring your system or not rewiring, but like figuring out what your wiring is through that method versus a possibly more likely longer drawn out version of self-discovery? Good question. I, I think I think that the you know, and I'm I'm not I don't want to be life coachy on you, but um, sometimes I can't help it. The 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 terminology that you're using to to kind of talk about the the psychedelic experiences is, is like a, a, a would you say like short circuiting? Yeah, and I, I'm probably not using the right terminology because I'm not super educated. Totally okay. That. No, it's no biggie. It's no biggie. But I think that the the, the the thinking about it in that way, you know, we've all seen the this is your brain. And then they crack an egg and fry it in a skillet. And then they say, this is your brain on drugs. And it's like, well, that's not true. And what D.A.R.E. taught us, I came up in the D.A.R.E. program. In fact, I read my D.A.R.E. my D.A.R.E. essay in front of the school in sixth grade. And I was really damn proud of the <laughs> proud of it. Mm-hmm. 
um, heroin's not the same as cannabis and, um, um, mescaline is not the same as, um, meth. And when it comes to the use of these compounds that have been used by traditional, um, tribes and communities, uh, nations across the world, as far back as, as, as recorded time goes, you know, you go back to ancient Greece and they were taking Soma, um, you know, you go to the, the, the steppe, uh, in Mongolia, Mongolia, and they were, you know, they were taking, um, Amanita muscaria mushrooms, um, in the winter time. Um, you know, you go down into the, into Peru and, and they're doing ayahuasca, you know, like, you know, friggin' pumas will eat a, um, um, a fermented papaya and trip out, you know, up in the, up in the canopy, you know, like we are drawn to these altered states of consciousness. We, because they teach us something. And, um, when you engage with these substances, uh, you are, um, you're adding something to, a, to your own chemistry that, uh, you already have. So mm-hmm. we make DMT, you know, we make tryptamines, we have these, these compounds inside of our body. And when you introduce something that enhances what we already are, and that's the way to think of it, right. Is, is, um, um, uh, Terrence McKenna, um, uh, you know, talks about like, we are drugs, you know, mm-hmm. we are chemicals, we are chemical, you know, we are protein synthesis, we are telomeres, we are, you know, we are autophagy, we are these chemical experiences that, that just are, are constantly happening all the time. We are, we are more bacteria than we are human being. And when you introduce these compounds to our biological systems, what you're doing is you're activating certain pathways, you're, you're creating new neural networks. And so, yes, you, you can pray, you can fast, you can walk, you can journal, you can breathe, you can meditate, you can do all these things. And you, you may find similar states of consciousness in this way. But when you engage and consume these entheogens for the purpose of, of exploring yourself and understanding yourself at a deeper level, uh, you are, you are engaging in an, in an, in an ancient, ancient practice that, um, helped us evolve. Um, you know, there's, there's theories about, you know, where language came from. There's the stoned ape theory that says that we just ate mushrooms out of, you know, cow turds on the, on the plains in Africa, and then began to mumble. And that was the beginning of language. Now it's a theory, but we know that the Vikings would eat a bunch of mushrooms before going into war because it gave them heightened visibility. They could see things clear. They could hear things clear. They were, um, they were more bold. Um, in that way, it's an, it's a performance enhancer mm-hmm. and the, the only, they're not for everybody. Um, they're not, if you cannot let go of shit, you should not do psychedelics because you, there's a, probably a good chance that you're going to get into a state of consciousness. That's, that's spooky. Um, well, let me rephrase that. You may, you may get into a state of consciousness where you don't know how to let go and succumb to the experience and you may get stuck a little bit. Hmm. Um, you know, whether it's looping or, you know, just sort of perseverating on this one idea and not being able to let it go. Um, if you have a predisposition for like psychosis and schizophrenia, you may want to stay away from psychedelics because, you know, it may, may potentiate that experience. It may, may, um, it may be more confusing for you and, and not in a good way. But I think for most of us, 
Um, what the real issue is, is that we're just sort of undoing the, the demonization of the, you know, Henry Anslinger's uh, war on drugs that started with cannabis, you know, the jig is up on cannabis. I think we all know now that, uh, that that was a hit job to demonize cannabis and it worked really well. And now everybody's hip to the fact that, Hey, hemp is better than a lot of other building materials. We should have been using hemp for paper instead of trees. And also, you know, your endocannabinoid system really benefits from ingesting CBD and can help you, you know, live a higher quality of life with less pain and less stress and better sleep. So, I think that we are at the beginning of, of uh, a psychedelic resurgency that we will be experiencing over the next you know decades and decades where we will get more in touch with nature and we will get more in touch with these compounds that, that have something to teach us, that have something to add to our life. And um, at the same time, be skeptical, you know, don't, uh, don't take my word for it. You know, do, do the research, go to, um, you know, read trip reports and, and read Terrence McKenna books, you know, listen to my podcast and comb through some of the, the psychedelic um, conversations that, that I've been having over the last couple of years with ayahuasca shaman and um, uh, people, you know, Paul Austin, Paul Austin from third wave. Um, these are all obscure references, but you know, maybe people will, will hear this and want to dig deeper, but yeah, I mean, take caution and be careful and also stay open. Yeah, I think that's that's good advice for sure. Is there like any ideal candidate or I guess it, like when it comes to what people plan on experimenting with, is there like any general good ideas? Like you, if you've never done anything, you probably don't want to go straight to DMT, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, probably probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Start off slow. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would not go around licking toads if you've never um, you know never gotten high before. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean cannabis is is an easy isn't isn't is a natural uh, pathway, you know. Um, that's that's low hanging fruit, you know. A little hit off of a tiny little hit off of a vape pen um, to just sort of dip your toe into the water of what it feels like to um, um, to have a little bit of a high, to have a little bit of a trip. Um, is a good idea. Um, you know, I think you've got to consider kind of what you're after, right? If you're looking to chill out, you know, cannabis, you know, a, a indica, a heavy indica is a good idea. You know, a half, you know, five gram or a five milligram, um, edible and, uh, a movie is a good idea or a 10 milligram edible and a float tank is a really good idea. Um, if you're looking to heal trauma, and you in your heart chakra is like calcified and you can't open up and you don't know why you can't connect with people like you should do some Molly. Um, here's a caveat only participate in psychedelic substances if, and when they are legal in your uh, jurisdiction. Um, <laughs> if you need to open up your, <laughs> yeah, if you need to open up your third eye, if you need to go deep and, and you have some healing to do, um, you know, go, go to Peru and go, go, go spend a week in the jungle doing ayahuasca and really exploring the depths of your darkness and your consciousness with the help of a shaman who's, who's trained for 35 years to help people like you like understand yourselves better. But I think it's the, again, it's like the type of, you know, I'm advocating for this because I, I, I know how much they help and I haven't been involved with lots of different things in different ceremonies 
you know, I do, I do work, I work with these things. And when I say that, I mean that I use, I use them with people. I use them in, in, in circumstances to help people grow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I take it really seriously. And so I think it's, it's, um, you know, again, just like be, be skeptical, be, but be open to it because it's not going away. It's going to continue. Uh, it's going to continue to expand and you're, you're going to keep hearing about this stuff. Yeah, I, I believe it, man. And I think there's just so many, there's, there's the route that mainstream society has taken thus far to try and heal and recover from whatever issues people are dealing with has oftentimes done so much more harm than good. Like there's, there's a lot of negative going on right now. And I feel like if this, while maybe it's not the, you know, standard of care, if, it, if this is a healthier alternative to the damage that's been done with the standard of care in certain aspects, then I feel like people should be open to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Allopathic medicine is, is not working for us anymore. You know, don't, don't, uh, don't mask depression with a pill. I mean, in certain circumstances, pharmacology is, is, is really effective, but the reason that you're, the reason that you're depressed is not, not because you need a pill. The reason that you're depressed is because you're not living the life that you want you know, you have to pretend every single day and the relationships you're in are terrible and you're stagnant and overweight. Like that's why you're depressed. It's not because you're missing some sort of pill that's going to make that go away. You have to change your behaviors. You have to change your state of mind and an allopathic medicines approach to just like uh, diagnose and then prescribe is is just it's ruining people it's ruining their brains it's ruining their bodies it's ruining their their ability to think for themselves i mean i haven't i haven't drank tap water (laughs) i don't know why this is coming up but i haven't drank fucking tap water in like 15 years because i read a long long time ago that uh that the fluoride in the water like calcifies your pineal gland and makes you dull and i do not want to be dull so i collect water from an artesian spring and that's how I get my water and, and that, that's, that's evolved over the years. But I think that when you, when the, when the veil of reality, when, when, when you, when your gut intuition says, Hey, this ain't right. This, this doesn't seem right. I don't want to do this. Like trust that because we, we, we have come to accept being flabby and tired and, entertained by netflix for four hours a night mm-hmm. as as life that that was that's where we're at like we, we've come to expect we've come to accept that this is our life and this is what we do we work at a job we don't like to buy shit that we don't need um to serve a lifestyle that we don't want and don't care about and and until you begin to ask those big questions about what you really want, where you want to go, what you want to do, there's lots of different inroads. Like your, like tape your goddamn mouth shut, <laughs> you know, like stop eating carbs, you know, like don't eat sugar and flour for a week and your life will change. Like that is, and you know that Robert, mm-hmm. like I know, I know that your listeners know that. Um, but what they might not know is that, the media that they're exposing themselves to um, sporadically throughout the day on their phone and then at night. Um, and that's like commercials during the basketball game or, um, you know, Facebook ads uh, is really fucking with them. And 
um, the habits that they have, biting their fingernails, sitting, um, um, thinking negative thoughts about themselves every day, like that stuff goes unchecked. And then you wake up at 50 and you're fat and unhappy and you're thinking, is this what my life was? Is this what it was supposed to be? Is this where I'm at? And, and I say, fuck no, absolutely not. Like, no. And, and you have to, you have to, you have to check that stuff. I, I created a protocol called the full moon reset where it's a half sidereal cycle. So this is from, um, a new moon, which is no moon where you can't see the moon in the sky to a full moon. It's 15 to 17 days. And in that 15 to 17 days, you abstain from drugs and alcohol, uh, and media in in, basically four categories. So there's what you consume. Um, so you clean up your diet, what you eat, what you drink. There's the media that you consume. Like what messages are you being exposed to on a day in day out basis that's screwing with you. And then there's the, um, the, the habits that you have. Um, so this is like, do you watch porn? You should stop like for 15 days, just, just quit it. And then what is your mentality? Are you, what, what stories do you tell yourself? Like you're not good enough or this will never work or you're not talented enough to start your own podcast or no, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not strong enough to be able to, to, to go, you know, do a boot camp workout. So when you abstain from those things, when you go, when you check, put those things in check for 15 to 17 days during the full moon reset, you feel like a kid again. Like you feel like you did before the, the the culture started to squash all of your light out of you. And, and when you do this, you, and you go back to your normal life, when you're not doing this, these abstinence protocols, then you are more cognizant of the things that you do. You may be less likely to light up a cigarette after you've taken 17 days off. You, you may be less likely to, to eat a donut um, or have a gi- big giant bowl of pasta, you know, after this, after this time period. So I think that, that we have to have tools, we have to have a, a increased awareness so that we can, um, so that we can expand our concept of self, because if you get better, Robert, if I get better, if Timmy and Tommy and Joey and Hector and, you know, Jessica all get a little bit better, like rising tides, raise all ships, we all get a little bit better together and then the world becomes a better place. And, um, that's work worth doing and focusing on. 100% agree, man. Are, are you familiar with Carl Jung? Absolutely. So I've been diving into his work lately and like his whole, I mean, I've just recently been diving into it, but he's, he's influenced a lot of Jordan Peterson's work. And the, the concept seems to be that, you know, we all as humans innately have this yin and yang, this very dark possibility. And we have this light and we basically have the power to choose which, which path we need to go on and live our lives by. But you need to know and accept the deepest darkness of your depths and also in in order to be able to achieve the highest highs. And I feel like so many people just have become desensitized to what they're capable of, both good and bad, that they basically live their life in mediocrity. And that lack of meaning, that lack of self is what has just led to a downward spiral in fulfillment. And I feel like you know, whatever, all these different methods we've talked about in acquiring a better and close relationship with the self, whether that be hard work or training or psychedelics or whatever that may be, I feel like that is that is the key. That is how you unlock your full potential. And I don't know, man, like all, all of this is very interesting to me. I'm, I'm open-minded to it all. Like I'm not, 
I'm not judgmental towards the methods people use to achieve that sense of self because as long as they achieve it in the best way for them, the world will be a better place. Yeah, the the the, the term that that really jumped out to me was meaning. Like mm-hmm. if you're if you don't have um a good reason to get stronger. Uh if you don't have a good reason for being a better person, if you're not aiming at something that's bigger than you, and maybe that's your God, maybe that's, um, you know, up-leveling humanity. Maybe that's just being the best person that you can be, the best father, the best husband. Um, if you don't have a vision for yourself, then there's no reason to get off the couch. You know, there's no reason to face face your insecurities because it's like, for what, you know, like, did it put any more money in my pocket? Did it, um, you know, did it make my boss happy? If it's like you, we have to have reasons for the actions that we take in this life. And if we are, are out, all, if we're out of ideas, if we don't have a really clear vision, uh, for ourselves, then, then it's going to be easy to slide back into old shitty habits over, and over and over again. And a lot of people just do that kind of their whole life. They'll, they'll, they'll be on a good one. Hey, I've been really good about this thing. And then they slide back and then they'll, Oh, I've been really good about that. And then they slide back. And if you don't have something you're shooting for, and if that's not clear, um, then, then it's, it's, uh, it's like a trap door. And, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson self-authoring has, uh, has come up a lot recently. And I have some coaching clients that started with the self-authoring course and really liked it. Um, but it doesn't have that level of accountability that they really need. They need, they really need a human to, to help them like stay accountable, to stay on track. And, um, you you know, our friends and family are not qualified, trained to help us grow. You know, they're not, they, they want to love us, but they're not, they're not qualified to help us grow and, and, and adapt. And you can be an avid consumer of podcasts like yours and mine that are built on you know, performance and, and getting better and growing as a person and having a better body and having a better mind and having a better life. But it's all intellectual until you change your behaviors. And so that behavior change is everything and crafting of putting together like a, a plan. What's your roadmap in order to live the better, a better life for yourself. Um, if you don't have that, if you don't have that mapped out, then you'll just kind of go with the next thing. You'll eat kind of whatever you feel like, and you'll watch a bunch of bullshit and you'll, you know, you'll, you'll backslide a little bit. Um, you know, Jung was a mystic who sort of presented as a scientist. Um, I mean, that, that dude, he, he was on another level and he was doing alchemy, um, you know, his twenties and writing books and thinking deeply. I mean, like the, 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 just the sheer scope of the work that he, that he created about the self and about, you know, transformation, um, incarnation is, uh, is profound. You know, there's there, he's, he's, he's definitely like top five, top five, you know, the, the others for me are Rudolf Steiner, um, Joseph Campbell, uh, Buckminster Fuller, you know, just do a duck duck go search for uh notice how i didn't say google uh, do a duck duck go search for those guys and look at some of their titles and um go to your local library fuck amazon and rent a book and and read that you know um go 
go go do the research because this stuff resonates. It resonates with the, with the deepest parts of ourselves. And um, you know, if you're already listening to this, you're already curious. You know, if you're still listening to me, <laughs> if you're if you haven't clicked me off already and said, "Oh, this guy's wacky. I'm 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 over it." Um, take it further, like go a little bit deeper, you know, uh, reach out to me or go rent, go rent a, a book from the library from any of those, those gentlemen that I just listed and make the decision now to, to, to be better today than you were yesterday and be a little bit better tomorrow than you were today. And just like you said, you know, a while ago, it's like, you're willing to do these hard things. You're, you're, you're willing to work on something for a couple of years in order to see the difference. And that's a, that's a superpower right now. And, you know, I don't know how old you are, but by the time you're friggin' 60, you're going to have lots of cool stories to tell. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be the Uber munch, you know, Superman, um, having learned a lot of hard lessons and done a lot of hard stuff and, and, and done the sort of, um, incarnational work that you were supposed to do in this life. I mean, that's, that's all that, that's all that we can do. Yeah, totally, man. I love it, Sean. I love it. I feel like I could literally sit here and talk to you for another another two hours um, without skipping a beat. But I want to be respectful of your time, man. Where, where can people go to find out more about you? Yeah, um, go listen to my podcast. Go listen to Optimal Performance Podcast. There, there's 276 episodes from keto to carnivore to um, gut health and sleep health to you know I've had Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson and um, Sean Baker just tons of great guests on there. So you can find me at optimal performance podcast. Um, follow me on Instagram at real Sean McCormick R E A L S E A N Sean McCormick. Those are probably the two best spots. You know, if you want to go check out my website, you can find it through, through those places too. Awesome, man. Well, I'm really glad that, I mean, we, we talked about the biohacking stuff from like a, you know, simple standpoint, and then we started getting deeper and deeper, but I love the direction it went. So I mean, keep keep spreading the message, man. Keep doing you and keep sharing what you're doing because I feel like it can have a very positive impact on many people. I appreciate that a lot. And from one one podcaster to another, don't stop. Keep 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 doing what you're doing. You know, you're helping people every time you turn the mics on. So, in fact, amp it up. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. Do, do more episodes. You know, we the world needs the world needs guys like you to continue to to share high quality information that will help people's lives. So, thank, it's been a pleasure today. I appreciate it. Likewise, Sean. We'll keep keep killing it, man, and we'll be in touch, brother.